My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week we will introduce our topic. Melissa is futzing around with everything right now and my volume in my headphones is going up and down. Is this yours down. or is this mine? No, I think you're doing mine. Why does it sound like mine's going up and down or mine's like off now? Whatever, I like it. We lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows? We might even solve the case. Some of you donated to our Patreon, and we're so grateful. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's crazy. It's really popping off. We have some shout outs for you. Um, Sam H., Rachel W., Darren, Lauren L., Jessica L., Leon, Veronica, Kevin W, Sam G, Jill, Anthony C, John <laughs> E L T, Chris M, G off with a G. Courtney, Jeff. Oh, Jeff. G off. <laughs> Just kidding. Jeff with a G. Courtney, Molly S, Molly M, Martin, Mark with a C, Vivi McDre, McDre, <laughs> Brian R, Steve D. Eric with a K, Daniel S, James M, Shara, Sierra, Linnea, 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 Linnea. Jack M, and Courtney. 
Yay! <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for donating. Yeah, thank you so much for donating. Uh, we're almost at $300, which means a monthly bonus episode. Yeah. If you'd like to become a patron, please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers to uh, access bonus episodes, videos, and more for as little as $2 a month. That's like a s- stick of gum. $2 for a stick. Well, yeah. And a this- pack of gum. Yeah, in this market. I don't know. That's like a stick of gum. Or it's like a coffee. Half a, yeah. It's like What's a, a coffee? Like a dollar fifty? Well, I think a coffee's now like seven dollars. So it's almost Well if you get like oat milk and stuff in it. Yeah. Either way it's a great deal and it's 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 something fun and interesting you could talk about at parties. We also have a crazy update. Oh my god, we have a twins update. A twin a twin date. Twin date. So I was at home and I was talking to my mom about one of our recent episodes. And I said to my mom, yeah, we did an episode about twins. And she said, oh, you know, your grandma was an identical twin. I had no idea. My grandma was an identical twin named May. And her twin was named Faye. But she passed away. <laughs> I, I, I didn't did mean to do that. Plan that. She, I actually did not mean to do that. But she she died at six months old, and so I never they never talked about her or anything. But my grandma was an identical twin. So then I text Melissa, being like, "Oh my god, Melissa, I found out something crazy. My grandma was an identical twin." And then Melissa says, "Oh my god, I totally <laughs> forgot." That my grandpa was a twin. I don't know if it's identical or fraternal because they weren't raised together. That's crazy. Because my family was, her mother was like too poor that he lived with like another family member. But their, their names were Gerald and Harold. <laughs> Which is like a big thing, I think, at this point in time. Yeah. People are named I like similar yeah. rhyming names. But anyways, yeah. crazy. Maybe that's where our fear of twins stems from. Yeah. And oh, and then my mom texted me. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is frightening. When my sister was born, she was supposed to have had a fraternal twin because I had a second amniotic sac full of amniotic fluid, but no baby. What happened to the baby in there? Maybe my sister ate it. Oh, my God. Or it absorbed. You can absorb your twin. Can we um, insert a, the fat bastard? Um, you know, I'm going to eat you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll insert that right now. I it's a baby. Get in my belly. God, that's crazy. Yeah, but there was that one article that I put on our Instagram about yeah. a woman who had a, a twin inside of her for like 30 years or something. And it was like big. That's they removed it. Had teeth and hair. Oh, the picture's gross. That's so nasty. Oh, oh my god, I hate that. Ew. And surprisingly, that's not even our weird thing of the week. No, <laughs> we got an email from our Patreon subscriber Sam. He said, "Hey, I was going to post this on Twitter, but thought it might be too upsetting." I was in rehab in Mexico in 2014 for two and a half months with a mix of people of different classes. One of those people I became friendly with was a former hitman for a cartel. Oh, my God. He was about 18 to 20. He told me that after killing an individual, they would cut a sliver off of the victim's flesh and eat it so as not to wake the dead. Holy shit. This was most likely a bastardized ritual of Santeria, specifically related to the La Santa Muerte, the patron saint of death. Neither are recognized by the Catholic Church. Imagine that AA meeting. 
someone sharing like yeah, I, I don't like people. my mom and someone's like i eat people's fingers <laughs> uh he was actually nice and very childish the cartels tend to force uh impoverished young people to do the dirty work for what equals about 200 dollars a week if they're even paid jesus he said i'm not excusing what he was doing that's just life for some people and he was trying to do better yeah. he said he, they kept in touch for a while but they aren't anymore and he said he's probably dead oh my god that's horrible so then i looked up that cartels do have a history of eating their victims Oof. there's one specific article on news.com where yeah. a cocaine kingpin named heriberto lazcano he was killed in 2012. He was notorious for feeding his victims to the lions and the tigers he kept on his ranch. I feel like that's that's common. Yeah, right? Because what are you going to do with the bodies? Yeah. Uh, but it was his practice of eating human flesh that made him famous. After sentencing his victim to death, he orders them to bathe, shave his whole body, and lets him de-stress for two or three hours. Oh, my God. Sometimes giving them a bottle of whiskey to relax, then he ordered a very quick death, so there is no adrenaline in the meat Ew. to prevent it from getting bitter or hard. Oh my god! Well, isn't that what they do with um, like lambs? Really? For veal? Oh, is they're that raised why they, in cages. Is that why? So their muscles can't—they can't get muscles. So the meat is very like tender. Yeah, soft, so, yeah, it's terrifying. So then he would this <laughs> guy who would then devour the man's. But flesh in tamales after it had been cooked in lemon and served on toast. I, I genuinely just gagged. Like, is that... Did you ever have... Butt toast? No, but- Melissa. <laughs> I've never had cartel butt toast. They don't serve that at Squirrel in Silver Lake. <laughs> I was gonna say, have you ever had Braunschweiger or oh, like liverwurst? That? No. Oh my God. It's like a German thing, I think. I had it a lot as a kid. It's this like <sighs> meat that you, it's like a pate type of yeah. stuff. It's like, it's just all sort of all different parts of like a pig or whatever and you just spread it on like toast yeah i used to eat that with with miracle whip <laughs> yeah those that was like my favorite thing to eat was braunschweiger miracle whip on toast it's disgusting <laughs> oh my god it's like that? a meat spread so far, <laughs> the two things you said you've loved eating are like gelatinous eggs. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Grass soup eggs. Mrs. Grass soup eggs and liverwurst with mayo. <laughs> Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip. Not mayo. Oh my God. That's I didn't know disgusting. mayonnaise existed until I was like what 20. What is Miracle Whip? It's like mayonnaise type like yeah stuff, but, but you mix it to make like salad dressings it's like tangier and like sour oh and like, i'm like genuinely getting lousy <laughs> <laughs> we have some listeners out there who've eaten braunschweiger right yeah if you have even bon- braunschweiger or braunschweiger. or the butt of your enemies <laughs> student lemon please dm us just so we can have you on yeah. the podcast Sh- shout out Shout out your Braunschweiger. I actually am pretty interested in cannibalism. We should do an episode on cannibalism. We should. Yeah, I think I I don't think it's cool, but mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. Add it to the list. Yeah, add it to the list. Okay, so our main topic for today is something that we got suggested to us oh, several times. On Facebook. On Facebook, at thri- our thriving Facebook community. And it's the Springfield Three, an infamous unsolved, I don't want to say murder case because it's not solved yet. So the Springfield Three. 
Police are working extended shifts trying to find Cheryl Levitt, Suzanne Streeter, Stacy McCall. Authorities say there was no sign of a struggle. The front door was unlocked. The TV was on. Their purses and personal items untouched. Talking about Robert Craig Cox. Cops learned Cox moved to Springfield just weeks before Stacy, Susie, and Cheryl mysteriously disappeared. Radar can't tell that there's a body down there, but this anomaly is very consistent with what we would see in a gravesite location. Their story needs an ending. I've been advised to leave this case alone. On June 7th, 1992, 19-year-old Susie Streeter, 18-year-old Stacy McCall, and Susie's mother, Cheryl Levitt, went missing from the Levitt home in Springfield, Missouri, between 2 and 8 a.m. All of their personal belongings, including cars and purses, were left behind. There are no signs of struggle except a broken porch light. There is a message on the answering machine that police believe might have provided a clue about the disappearances, but it was inadvertently erased. They have never been located, and no one has been arrested or convicted in their disappearance. What happened that night? Who took them? And how did they disappear without a single trace? We don't know, but we might find out today. Some background on the women. First, there is Susie Streeter. She's 19 years old. She was a popular girl in school. She kind of dated bad dudes. She had OCD-like tendencies, uh, A-type personality, a lot like her mother. Cheryl Levitt is Susie's mother. They all have different last names for some reason. Well, Cheryl Levitt was married twice. Oh, okay. And I believe Susie is from her first First marriage. marriage. That makes sense. Okay. So Cheryl is Susie's mother. She is a hairdresser. She's also a serious chain smoker who never went anywhere without her cigarettes, which will come into play later. She's super A-type personality, organized, very predictable behavior. She's super clean. And she also potentially had a penchant for bad boys, much like her daughter. And then there is Stacy McCall, who I read, I'll figure out later where I read or heard this, had the nickname Spacey Stacy. And she was a local model who hung out with like the funny kids. Uh, so she like was, me. Yeah, she was funny. A model, She's like a, me. a funny model. She's a real <laughs> Melissa. And then there is Bart, who is Cheryl's troubled alcoholic son, Susie's brother. He was nine years older than Susie. Nine years older. He lived with the family on and off, but was eventually kicked out of the house for partying too much and being violent. And he was not home at the time the event occurred. OK, here's what happened. On June 6, 1992, Stacy McCall and Susie Streeter graduated from high school and were out celebrating at graduation parties. The first party was at 9.30 p.m. The second party was at 1.30 a.m. Stacy called her mom to tell her she would be staying the night at their friend Janelle Kirby's house. When they got to Janelle's, they saw she had a lot of family in town who were there for like the graduation. So they decided Janelle's house was too crowded and they left to go to Susie's instead. The following morning, around 9 a.m., Janelle and her boyfriend visited the house after Stacy and Susie failed up to show up at her home. Failed to show up at her home. They were all planning on spending the day at a water park, and they were going to drive together, but the girls never showed up at Janelle's. When they got there, 
All three cars were in the driveway. Janelle and her boyfriend found the house empty and noticed the front porch light cover was broken and glass was covering the ground on the deck. They knew that Susie's mom, Cheryl, was a major clean freak, so Janelle and her boyfriend decided to sweep up the glass on the front porch for her, disturbing what they didn't know was actually a crime scene. And this happened a lot throughout this event. Things continued to get even more bizarre. The front door wasn't locked, so they just went in. The TV was on, but it was all staticky, as if like something they were watching something and then it just ran through and the TV was left on. Cheryl and Susie's Yorkshire Terrier named Cinnamon was in the house alone, super agitated. All three women's purses were lined up neatly next to each other with their car keys and their cigarettes, which is weird because Cheryl was like a super chain smoker, never went anywhere without her cigarettes, but they were left there at the house. And all of their money was still in their purses. Yeah, they didn't have... Which is odd. Yeah, all money, car keys, everything was there. So while looking around the house, the phone rang and Janelle answered it. It was an unidentified man who made lewd sexual innuendos. So she hung up immediately and then received another call from the same guy. Also a gross sexual call. But side note, remember, it's the 90s. This is 92. Yeah. So there's no cell phones yet. And also prank calls were huge at the time. Oh, right. They were. It was like a big so, deal. So we'll, we'll get back to that later. You yeah. remember the Jerky Boys? Yes, I do remember the Jerky Boys. My yeah. brothers love the Jerky Boys. They're great. Yeah. Later that day, Stacy's mother, Janice, went to the house looking for her daughter. And while waiting in an attempt to be neighborly and keep her mind busy, she cleaned up the house, even repairing an awkwardly bent window blind. She listened to the messages on their answering machine, and then she apparently accidentally erased them. And then eventually she called the police from the house. Would you ever go over to someone's house and listen to their messages and... I mean, if she... Well, if her daughter was missing at the time... I guess that's true. Maybe I would, but like... Okay, so that's a good point. So she could have been listening to the messages being like, oh, is there anything here that might give me insight about where my daughter is? Yes. And then she's like, no, delete, no, delete, no, delete. And then just deleted it. Who knows? Okay, so when the officers got there, the house had no signs of a struggle... All their personal property was left behind, their clothing, cars, keys, dogs, cigarettes, everything. The beds were all made, and the folded clothing was found beside them as if it had been removed for sleeping the night before, and washcloths with makeup on them were found in the bathrooms. So that meant that they were there, and they prepared to go to bed. Yeah, it looks like they they either slept there and then made their beds in the morning. Right. Or they got home to bed. Or they never got to bed. Yeah. Uh, Additionally, while searching Susie's room, they found books on the occult and Satanism on her bookshelf. Wild. Yeah. (laughs) However, the police also said the crime scene was corrupted from all the people who had visited the house. They said there was like up to 18 to 20 people. Are you serious? Who were like friends, people who were like looking for them. Just stopping by? Yeah. Like, you don't... I, I mean, at the t- I don't know. Like, I live my life like every house is a crime scene. Like, I go there and I don't... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, I don't go in until I know everyone's alive. Because I don't want to be a suspect. That's our new shirt merch. Live your life like, like everything's every, a crime like scene. Everything, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, like, if you... I mean, they didn't know they were missing. But if there's, right. like, a broken... 
light and the door was open and everything's like, Bleh. yeah, oh, I'm going to clean up everything. No, that's insane. And move. Yeah, it's just people are no. people are crazy. Susie's mother, Cheryl Levitt, was last heard from at approximately 1115 p.m. on June 6th when she talked with a friend about her plans that night to paint an armoire armoire in her home. So she was just like, oh, the girls are out tonight doing their their graduation graduation stuff. I'm going to stay home and do some furniture shit. This is perhaps an important note because Cheryl was supposed to be home alone that night until the girls unexpectedly decided to sleep over last minute, perhaps without warning. Also found on AssociatedPress.com. Quote, a witness told police that Cheryl Levitt stopped at 2.15 a.m. at a convenience store to ask the clerk whether he had seen her daughter and two of her daughter's friends. Levitt appeared hurried, entering the store only halfway and quickly leaving. Investigators did not know why Cheryl was concerned about her daughter's whereabouts in the early hours of June 7th. What would cause a mother to be out at 2.15 a.m. looking for her daughter? Now, that's something I found that on AssociatedPress.com, which seems legit. That's interesting. I, I haven't read that. I know. I hadn't really read that anywhere else, but it's on the website. And I was like, oh, that seems like that seems like an important, an interesting detail because the girls got home apparently between like 2.10 and 2.30 a.m. So let's. OK, these phone calls. Yeah. There were two phone calls from men when Janelle was there. They were both described as strange and disturbingly sexual innuendos. And Stacy's mom, Janice, said the message that she played on the machine was strange, but nothing else. And then she accidentally deleted it, or it self-deleted, because some machines apparently did that. Really? Okay, so I <laughs> did a deep dive on answering <laughs> machines in 1992, <laughs> spent way too much time reading about this, to see if like the technology of self-deleting messages was available. And I found an article from the New York Times from 1991, there was an AT&T model, 1337, that oh costs $139. It uses microchips instead of cassette tapes, and it lets you select which messages to keep. So there was a machine out at the time that did not automatically delete the messages. You could have one, but it was like new. It was like $139. That's a lot back then. So in case you need to know anything more about 1992 <laughs> yeah, machines. Call Melissa. I know. I know. Okay. So the police said the first two calls were not connected to the disappearance. But they think that the deleted message could have been. But how do they know that? Why would they? I, that's weird to me that they're like, oh, the first two, those weren't connected. But the message could have been. Well, I think I know how. And also Janice forgot what she heard on that message. She was like, oh, it was strange. Oh, I don't know. Like if you're looking for your missing daughter and yeah. you, you're going to remember exactly. Everything. Yeah. So what happened? Yeah. What happened to them? What are the suspects? Okay. There are several and also none. <laughs> there's a lot and there's also none. There's several and also zero. Okay. Six months later, December 31st, 1992, a man called America's Most Wanted with some info, but the call was disconnected when the switchboard operator attempted to link up with the police. Fucking switchboard operators. I forgot I wrote that in there. <laughs> police said the caller had pertinent info and publicly asked him to contact them, but he never did. So, is there not like Star 69? Can you not just call that dude back? In 92? I don't think so. That I was... really think that there was Star 69 in 1992. I'll have to look at that. 1992. I feel like that was something I used like in high school. Nice. 
What did you was this a setup? <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I swear it's not. When could you star sixty nine someone? Could you star sixty nine <laughs> people. I don't know. Okay, well whatever. Who knows? It won't let us it literally it won't let us Google star sixty nine. <laughs> so maybe it was the two thousands. How old was I in the nineties? If I was born in nineteen eighty six, I was like four. So I wasn't star sixty nine people. No, I was star sixty nine people like in the 2000s. Yeah. Okay, was so like, maybe it was a 2000s school, thing. Yeah. Okay, so I guess you couldn't star 69 that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Okay, so there was that guy, the America's Most Wanted guy, who said he had information, but they lost him. Then, this is the most interesting one, in my opinion. There is a theory that they are buried under a parking garage. An interview on Crime Watch Daily with Kathy Baird, who's a journalist, suggests that the Springfield Three are buried underneath a parking garage. Kathy was a journalist in Springfield who was seeking to reinvigorate her career with a big story and decided to investigate one of Missouri's most infamous cases. She soon received a tip that the women were indeed dead and buried under the local Cox Hospital South parking structure. She told the police, but they laughed at her. So she got an engineer to scan the garage with GPR, ground penetrating radar. The engineer found. <laughs> I thought you laughed for a second. I honestly thought you laughed at the word penetrating. I just shifted in my chair and Allie looked at me like I killed somebody. Well, did you? But also Star 69 started two years before 1995. So that would be 1993. <laughs> what, a, what a weird way because, to put that, Maria. Because the article, and I'm sorry, I have bronchitis, so I sound weird, but because the article I'm reading was written in 95, and it says, though Star 69 has only been available for the past two years. Oh, God. Oh, okay. okay. I was like, hmm. hmm 93. You speak in riddles. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The engineer found three anomalies that were roughly the same size, that were considered with a grave site. Mm-hmm. So he was scanning the the hospital garage and found three like anomalies that were human sized underneath the parking garage. However, a police spokesperson said the person who reported the tip provided no evidence or logical reasoning behind this behind this theory and digging up the area and reconstructing the structure would be extremely costly and illogical. Melissa looked up when the parking garage was built and it started construction in September 1993 and was completed by 1993. So they definitely could have been buried there. But would the excavation while building dig up the bodies? That's what the that's what the cop said in the interview. The cop was like, the cop oh, was, right. The cop was like, we didn't do it because when they were building the thing we would have found the bodies if they were there yeah because yeah they would have to pour the cement you got to dig yeah you know um, unless houses. unless the cops are those cops were in on it yep um when interviewed on crime watch daily uh kathy baird said she knew who murdered the women but wouldn't divulge whom and she said she feared for her own safety although she clearly hinted that there was most likely police involvement and that the target wasn't the young girls but that it was actually cheryl so one of my we're like not really doing hypo- hypotheses yet. I think that the chief of police was maybe having a relationship because I read later also that like everything had to go through the chief of police. 
right. that the policemen couldn't really work independently, that they had to all fuel all their all their investigations through the chief of police and mm-hmm. get everything like approved by him first. Right. There's something with that and Susie's ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Later on. So I think that maybe the chief of police was having some sort of relationship with Cheryl, the mom, and that Cheryl thought her gir- the girls were going to be out for the night. So the right. chief of police was home with Cheryl and then the girls and maybe they were like getting physical with each other. Maybe like because Cheryl like bad boys, maybe the chief of police was like being like abusive or something. And then the girls walked in and then they couldn't get out. And then the police calls like for backup and is like, we got to we got to murder all these girls. And then they <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> Melissa, <laughs> next theory. Okay, this is from the Streeter family blog, which is run by Bart, right? The brother? It's allegedly run by Bart. Yeah, so, okay, this is about a guy named Steve Garrison, a potential murderer. In August 93, uh, Steve Garrison, he's a criminal that was living in Springfield during the time of the disappearances, was arrested on an unrelated weapons charge. During the plea bargaining for that crime, he said he had info on the three women and that his drunk friend confessed to murdering them. So he then led the police to a farm where he claimed they were buried and their bodies weren't found. But other items were found. Like what? I don't know. The police never released what the items were. Interesting. The judge issued a gag order preventing the police from saying more, which is weird. Yeah. So Steve Garrison, he could have made that up to get a more lenient sentence maybe but he also he's currently serving 40 years in prison for raping sodomizing and terrorizing a female springfield college student in the summer of 93 a year after the three women went missing and then i was looking at old newspapers from springfield (laughs) i just like the idea of like you know in the live in the movies when you're in the library you have the old newspaper (laughs) under the thing and you're looking i went to the library (laughs) it's been hours Uh, it was april 1990 an article in news leader it's called officers swat team surround springfield house where escapee holes up And apparently Steve Garrison escaped from a prison camp in Kansas and fled to his sister's house in Springfield, Missouri. But a weird, uh, it was hard to read this because it was all, it was a tiny, (laughs) tiny print. There was a quote that said, Garrison had been calling warden since Sunday night and making death threats and using vulgar language. Oh, so he's, he's making inappropriate calls. Yeah, like, could that be related to the calls at Susie's house? I wonder who lived in Cheryl and Susie's house before Before. Cheryl and Susie. That's a great question, Maria. (laughs) She just fell off of her chair. (laughs) I have a broken foot. Maria has bronchitis. What's up? I'm fine, guys. Uh, I want to look this up. We're talking about Cheryl Levitt's house. Yes. Yes. We want to know who lived in Cheryl Levitt's house prior to them moving in because they just moved in. Yeah. In 1992. Because maybe they were, maybe the mark was whoever lived there before. And she was in Springfield, Missouri. Okay. Thanks so much, guys. You're welcome. We'll continue with the podcast. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. I also found I was on this blog called Sleuths. Is it Sleuth Sync or Sleuths Inc? Probably Sleuth Sync. Uh, it was this anonymous comment on the bottom of a post. It said, I was called to the 1994 grand jury that investigated Steve Garrison as a suspect in a three missing women case. No indictments were issued. But later in 1999, a police informant told me that Garrison was selling confiscated drugs for the police. And uh, the women found out about it and were eliminated because they posed a threat to the corrupt police department. Yes. In my heart. <laughs> I really think the police were in on this. Yeah. Okay. And then here is another suspect, Robert Craig Cox. He was a highly trained army ranger, once named Soldier of the Year. Woof. Was He murdered uh, Sharon Zellers in Orlando, Florida, 1978, and he was convicted and sentenced to death. But in a rare ruling, his conviction and death sentence were overturned in 1989 due to lack of evidence. So he was released. Re- like rele- fully released, released from a prison? A murderer was released from prison because like, the trial was all fucked up. Whoa. So, so you go th- from death sentence to just yeah. free. Yeah. Crazy. So he then moved to Springfield where he worked as an underground utility worker and coincidentally worked with Stacy McCall's dad at his dealership repairing cars. Oh, Jesus. But there was no evidence linking him directly to the three missing women. And so he was never charged with a crime. When he was interviewed at the time, he told investigators that he was with his girlfriend at church the morning after the women went missing, which his girlfriend corroborated. Mm. But soon after the disappearances, he was arrested in Texas for aggravated robbery. And while he was in custody in Texas, 
He said the Springfield three were dead and had been murdered and buried and their bodies would never be recovered. So the police under a fucking yeah, parking lot. So the police don't know if he was legitimately involved or just wanted recognition. And then later on, his girlfriend recanted her statement about the alibi and said that Robert asked her to say that he was home sleeping, like Jesus threatened her. Christ. And there's there was a post on historycollection.co where Robert Craig Cox said he would disclose what happened to the three women after his mother had died. Is his mom still alive? I don't know. I can't find any info on her. Let's Google it. Robert Craig Cox, mother. Well, it just comes straight up. Well, yeah, I think people are wondering if she's still alive. Yeah, we got to... I don't know what her name is or... He goes up for parole in 2026. I wonder if we can write him a letter in jail. Oh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna end up marrying him i literally can i just send him a picture of my broken foot <laughs> and just ask, tell him i have some questions for him um okay so then there's also another group of suspects Susie and stacy were scheduled to testify in a case about grave robbing Susie's ex was arrested for being part of a grave robbing grave robbing gang if you remember Susie had a thing for bad boys they had broken into a mausoleum and took the gold teeth out of skulls yeah cool weekend activity. i guess they tried to sell them at a pawn shop yeah and you're <laughs> like uh I, you probably found these somewhere bad so some people theorize that Susie had turned them in and agreed to testify against them and the uh the her testifying was scheduled for a few months after Susie and Stacy and Cheryl disappeared. So people theorize that maybe her boyfriend and the grave robbing gang might have had something to do with their disappearance so that she couldn't testify against them. Another thing that I was thinking is that, you know, like Susie had all those books about the occult. Right. Could those have been like his books? Oh, maybe. Because he's obviously into like grave robbing and weird stuff. It's possible. Could she have purchased those books to try to impress him? Oh, maybe. get to know about like the stuff he was into? Yeah, I mean, that's stuff high school girl. That's stuff I did in high school. Oh, 100%. Try to be into the same things that your boyfriend's into? Yeah, like I was into like ska for a while. (laughs) Oh, I was like, I like no FX because my boyfriend likes it. Yeah, right. Also, the 90s were a big time for that satanic panic. Satanic panic, yeah. That was a big thing happening. Right. So potentially, we'll get into this later, could that be another element of this Weird grave robbing, mausoleums, occult, satanic books, gold teeth. Connected. Yeah. Then the last thing that's kind of strange is that this weird green van. Oh, wait. One thing about the boyfriend, he was cleared by the Springfield police chief (gasps) for reasons that were not detailed and apparently other people in the department were angry about that shit. Remember when you said everything had to go through the police chief? Yes. Yeah. One of the boyfriends was cleared and the chief was like don't worry about it or something like never explained why he was cleared oh my god do you know what also i think it might be i keep jumping forward (laughs) what if there's like a weird satanic cult thing happening in springfield missouri and the cops are in the chief of police is in on it he's the head of the satanic cult it's possible 
and it's a weird satanic ritual that the girls were like a human sacrifice oh, ritual. They were sacrificed. They were sacrificed, and the girl and the boys were g- breaking into mausoleums to get stuff for the satanic oh, ritual. The gold teeth, gold teeth for the ritual. I don't I'm know, interested. Man. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> your ears broke up. Okay, there's also this weird green van. Right. Two weeks after their disappearance, a woman, I think it was a neighbor, said she spotted Susie driving an older model avocado green van two miles from her house. She said Susie looked scared and there was a man yelling from the back seat saying like, turn around, don't do anything funny or just like, yeah, turn around. Then the police did something weird where they got a van that looked exactly the same and they parked it in front of the police department and said, you know, this van was suspected to have the girls in it. If you see it around town, let us know this is what the van looks like. And then after receiving no more. Yeah, they got nothing. They got nothing. And um, but it's weird that they saw they allegedly saw Susie in the van with a man saying, don't yeah. do anything funny. And she was driving and looked scared. But I was thinking, I'm like, well, why wasn't he driving? But then I was thinking, you, if you're kidnapping someone, you can't drive and have three women because they're going to like jump out of the car or whatever. Right. So, yeah, you have to have whoever you kidnap driving. Yeah, maybe like, like a gun. Keep a their... gun at them and yeah. like, hey, you in the back, keep quiet. Yeah, so you have double guns. <laughs> you have double guns. <laughs> you have one gun, one gun towards the front and another gun right. towards the back. Yeah, you're double so gunning it. could be a possibility. Yeah, could be another possibility. So those are all the known theories that the police were kind of the police were quote-unquote investigating or that are out in the open we obviously have some theories of our own yes we do we do my first one i mean i've kind of like said a few already for some reason my psychic senses tell me that bart the alcoholic brother had something to do with this i am into this theory too okay so Susie lived with her brother, who was 27 at the time in 1992, but moved out three months before the disappearance due to issues from his drinking. Um, and Bart was estranged from his mother. Yeah, he was apparently violent as yeah. well. To them. So when he drank, he would get violent. He was probably had alcoholism. And he was released very or he was like initially a suspect just because he was like in the family, a male in the family. But then quickly, there was nothing tying him to the case. Yeah, his alibi was like... His alibi, though, was that I just was home was passed sleeping. out. Yeah, passed out drunk. Yeah, passed out drunk. Which, like, is that an alibi? I don't know. I feel like that's not an alibi. But in 2000, he was arrested for attempted kidnapping. Yeah. In 2019, he was arrested for public intoxication and attempted false imprisonment. Bart Streeter walked into a nail salon and pointed to a 15-year-old girl and claimed he was there to pick up his granddaughter. The girl did not know Bart and did not go with him. The owner locked the door. When he stepped outside, the police were called. He also tried to kidnap a girl in Vegas. That was the 2000 That was the 2001? Kidnapping. Yeah, so he's had two attempted kidnappings. Yeah, that's odd. And that, I mean, having your mother and your sister kidnapped, that definitely has some like yeah it'll have like a terrible effect on you so like he could have been acting out because of this because of like the stress of you know searching for your family or it could just or this is just what he does yeah i because i'm thinking is he also part of this weird satanic oh yeah 
female kidnapping group. It's possible. And he's just continuing to kidnap girls and do this weird shit. I think I have I have a theory about the brother as well, is that maybe he was in the house already Ooh. when they got home and he went there to maybe like congratulate them on her the that makes graduation sense. and was drunk and then he they wouldn't let them or maybe he if he wasn't already in the house he went there yeah he got mad he broke the lamp <gasps> yes outside yeah the light thing and then maybe he k- kidnapped them or killed them or something well, let's think. Because there were no, well, the only si- there were no signs of struggle. No signs of struggle. So if they left, they got into the car with someone they trusted, right? And someone they trusted would probably be a boyfriend, a family member, or a cop. A cop, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Am I right, Maria? Okay. Another one that has to do with twins. Okay, sorry. No. Well, I was just saying the the Robert Cox theory. I wrote yeah. that he could have he he worked as an underground utility worker, which mean you had access to like all the wires and shit under people's houses. So maybe he had access to the house and he saw and he could have seen Stacy when he was working for Stacy's dad the dealership oh, like 100%. oh that girl, yeah. So he could have had access to their house. Yeah, these are three bodacious blondes. Yes. Bodacious. <laughs> These are three bodacious blondes. That's a quick add yeah. on to Robert Cox. Yeah. <laughs> Star 69 me. Okay, then Larry and Gary DeWayne. Oh, these rhyming names. Oh, horrible. Okay, so these are two identical twins who... You wrote that they're Civil, Civil War reenactment I guys. I know. I don't like... <laughs> I feel like I just, I just Googled identical twins Springfield, Missouri, and then this came up and I was like, they did it. <laughs> um, I'm on... MikeMcClowry.wordpress.com. You talk about the Missouri Institute of Psychiatry. Yeah, now I'm like CIA. on the MK Ultra page. Oh boy, it all comes it back all to MK Ultra. No, but this isn't where I wanted to be. Where was I? You can go to that guy's website if you want, but that's not where I'm getting my information. <laughs> <laughs> you should visit that guy's website. I have no idea what it is. But oh, go to- Larry Dwayne Hall. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm on like Killer Cloud slash Serial Killers, whatever. I'll put it. I'll put the link up somewhere. Okay. Uh, Larry Dwayne Hall. He was a suspected serial a serial killer. Okay. He was suspected in murdering between. 30 and 50 women, mostly prostitutes. IQ of 80. Oof. Yikes. He's serving. Is that high or low? <laughs> That's very low. It <laughs> <laughs> was an IQ of 200. Or is it 200? You have highest? an IQ of 200? No, I don't. I've I mean, never taken an IQ test, but I probably shouldn't. Can you take an online IQ test? Oh, wait. IQ ranges. You can. There, I mean, there, I've, there's so many IQ tests online. I'll take one and I'll post the results. Over 140, you're a genius. What if I took an IQ test and the results were startlingly low? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be We should really take upset. IQ tests. We should we take should the take same them. IQ test. Yes, let's take the same IQ you test and see what are. happens. That, this oh, is going to turn out bad. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like the sound of this. Okay, so Hall is serving a life sentence uh, for federal kidnapping charges. Wait, he was... Okay, Larry Dwayne Hall 
was active for eight years between 87 and 94. I know he was a Civil War reenactor. <laughs> That's all we know about him. Literally. But I think maybe he was in town in Springfield doing a Civil War reenactment at the time this happened. Does anyone know why I wrote this down? <laughs> if you're listening to the show, let me know why I wrote Larry Dwayne Hall down. Oh, according to published records, Larry Hall and his brother Gary were traveling the country attending Civil War reenactment reenactments when Cheryl, Susie, and Stacy went missing. Okay, there we go. There we go. There we go. Thank you, Melissa. <laughs> You're welcome. What would I do without you? Okay, so those calls were kind of strange. Right. Like, the timing is odd. So I was looking up potential murderers, serial killers who called the victims or who, like, Ooh. made phone calls. First, there's the weepy-voiced killer. What is that? You've never heard of the weepy-voiced killer? No. He would call the police and describe what he did to his victims, like, right after he killed them. But it was, like, a weird, like, whiny, creepy voice. Ugh. Yeah, but he he was captured in 1982, so we can rule him out. Okay. And then there's another serial killer, Larry Jean Bell. He would call the victim's family and describe what he did to the daughters. Holy Like, to the family, to their parents. But he was arrested in 1985. So then I was like, well, what about just serial killers in the area? The BTK killer was active in Wichita, Kansas, okay, which was a four-hour drive, and he wasn't caught until 2004, Ooh. but he claimed his last murder was in 1991, and, like, kidnapping isn't really his thing. Like, he would just go murder people and, like, tie them up and... Refinery29 wrote an article called, Was the Real BTK Killer Married? He was. What? That, but that's such a weird take. That is weird. Well, it's... <laughs> are you watching Mindhunter? Oh, no. Is it about him? Well, he's he's a story in there. Oh, so that makes more sense. Yeah. I was like, that's such a weird women's magazine take. Like, yeah, was he married? Ten ways to so text weird. the real BTK killer. That is an odd... Or, that's odd. Okay, anyway, sorry. Continue. So then I found a serial killer who has not been caught yet. <gasps> it's called the I-70 killer. Oh he shot and killed six women in the spring of 1992, all at places off of the I-70 in the Midwest. Stop it. The I-70 runs through Indianapolis, Kansas City, and his victims were petite young women with long hair. And all the women were had long hair and they were petite. Yes. So May 4th, 1992, a month before, he killed a woman in St. Charles, Missouri, which is like two hours north of Springfield. Holy shit. And then May 7th, 92, he killed a woman in Raytown, Missouri, which is right outside of Kansas City, which is a two-hour drive from Springfield. But he also killed someone in Wichita, which is about three hours south of Kansas City, of the I-70. Yeah. So he did kill someone who was like a couple hours off of the I-70. And Springfield is two hours south of the I-70. And it's all, like, very close to each other. Does it make a pentagram? <laughs> you know what I did? I looked at the map. I, I put the points in there. And it just makes, like, a makes like a curvy line. Oh, and I was like, fuck, it's got to make it. I can't believe I actually did that myself. I know. Oh, my God. We're on the same page. Um, all the girls are brunette, though. I wonder if that... Oh. Do you think that means anything? Mm, maybe. But there's also... He's never been caught. That's and true. So, so he, maybe there are blondes too. Maybe may he there's some murders in Fort Worth, Texas in 93 that they think could have been him. Interesting. But like those are the only th six murders that were connected. 
So they don't know if he was out murdering random women. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, that's definitely a suspect. I don't know. I don't know. I like that one. My, I mean, I already pretty much talked about this, but I think that there is a satanic cult in Springfield led by the chief of police. Is that guy still alive? I don't know. The chief of police. There is a satanic temple in Springfield, Missouri. Oh, there is? Yeah. Springfield, Missouri, Satanic Temple. I know that the Satanic Temple isn't what people think it is. Like, Satanism is more about hedonism. It's not, like, about killing people and... Yeah, there's this documentary on Netflix. Have you seen it? No, what is it? About a guy who pretends to be a Satan. Or, like, he doesn't pretend, but, like, Mitch McConnell was, like, speaking somewhere about, like, religion, let me be Christian, and blah, 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 and... So this guy was like, well, if you preach about Christianity, then we need to start teaching kids about Satanism, too. If you're saying religions need to be taught. Oh, interesting. And it started out as like kind of a joke. Yeah. But it became like, oh, yeah, this really makes sense. So he like went around to all of these rallies and was like pretending to be a part of this church. Oh, my God. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, it's Satanism isn't. It's all very like logical. It's completely. It's I think it's more just anarchy and hedonism. Yeah. It's called Hail Satan. What is that's what the doc is. Yeah. I'm trying to look up the name of the chief chief of police. Have you guys heard of Richard Grissom? Is he a serial killer? He was someone on Reddit, Bear Fossils, two years ago, just like brings it up and says that um, Grissom abducted, presumably murdered three women whose bodies have never been found. Two of them were roommates who vanished together. Grissom was a seizing criminal who would break into apartments without leaving a trace and also operated a painting company, which gave him access to the master keys of apartment complexes. So I don't know. What's his name? Steven? Richard Grissom. Richard. And then they say, I bring all this up because here's a single perpetrator who was able to control two women, abduct them and dispose of them in a way that they've never been found. There weren't typical signs of struggle. People in other apartments didn't hear or see anything. It makes me wonder if the broken light was part of a ruse to allow someone into the home, perhaps not at the time of the abduction, but rather before to allow the suspect to familiarize himself with the home or victims to find an unassuming place to enter. That's interesting because Cheryl was also doing renovations like she was repainting her furniture and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. 1992 was the year. Terry Knowles. Terry Knowles. K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Terry Knowles. Okay. He's 80, lives in Topeka. Where are you on? Family Tree? I just Googled. Well, I, let's see. I don't know if that's the same one. Pro- I mean, he's probably 80, right? Terry Knowles, the police chief. So do you think he's now president of the Fire and Police Pension Board? Probably. Former former Waltherville police chief Terry Hargett. Wait, what was his last name? Terry Knowles. Fuck. What did Terry Hargett do? <laughs> he was arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, what I think we should do is we should use some of this Patreon money to just belong to one of those websites that costs money. And then we can just like get in for these people's like real records. Do you know what I mean? Because, you yeah. know, like you always hit a wall when someone's like, OK, you can get all this information for like five dollars. Yeah, right. So that's we need some more Patreon money. We need a PI investigators or a license a pi license like the access to records if a a private investigator is listening we need your password (laughs) (laughs) it's not expensive to become a pi okay it's like a thousand bucks i would for sure like oh to get those credentials to get like logins i looked into it for you it takes (laughs) 
You would be a fantastic that would PI. Be awesome. That would be the best. If we could get like a thousand dollars on Patreon to make you a private investigator, this would, yeah, we could do so much better work. So, but how is private investigating even allowed? I don't know. What That's do a you good mean? Question. Well, it seems like for a, a small price, you just have access to to everyone's personal information, and like you can like follow them. I don't. know. I have a friend who was a personal investigator in Detroit. Uh huh. He's a comedian. I should ask him, like, what that entailed. How to become a private investigator. Yeah, you can take online courses. I'm going to for sure look into this because, like, I've got some free time. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I'll text my friend and ask him what the deal is. You can get a license and you can, you can, Melissa, you'll like this. You'll be able to obtain a concealed weapons license. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, maybe. (laughs) I'll put it in my safe room. You have to get fingerprinted and submit to a background check. That's fine. I've been fingerprinted and background checked so many times. Why? For teaching. Oh, I was fingerprinted to get a visa. Yeah, you've all been fingerprinted a lot. When you, to open your phone. I bet you that's the government fingerprinting you. Okay, well, yeah, if you want us to be able to get a private investigator license so that we can actually find these people's serious info donate hit us up with two more dollars on our patreon so that we can oh it's not even a thousand dollars it's like under two hundred dollars what i'm sending you california ca.gov says there's a whole private investigator website where you can apply send it to the group chat Uh, i will whole whole crew pis yeah whole crew doing pi work of pi work okay so last do you have any last theories well i saw that you wrote on here that dd blanchard's from springfield yes dd blanchard's also from springfield that's not really so much a theory (laughs) as much as like springfield crazy also another fun fact is that cheryl has my same birthday march 9 oh so cheryl's also a pisces queen When are the birthdays of the other two girls? I don't know why you want do to do they, their astrological chart. What if they're the same as all of our birthdays? Oh, my God. That would be so crazy. Oh, so then I have the same birthday as Susie. Susie, March 9th. Yeah. When Stacy and Cheryl. Okay, I've got some bad news. What? Oh, no. It says states don't make it easy to become a PI. And California is one of those states. You have to have a minimum of three years compensated investigation experience each with 2,000 hours of experience, 6,000 hours, blah, 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 have a law degree or have completed a law degree, four year course in political science, plus have 4,000 of compensated work experience in investigative field or have an associate degree in political science or criminal justice. Does so, this podcast count? I think so. <laughs> Stacy's birthday is April 23rd. Yeah, do either of you, are either of you born April 23rd? No. I'm, I'm April 17th. Oh my God, oh my God. Melissa. <laughs> okay well last one what's the last one cheryl levitt oh my god oh my god (laughs) november 1st fuck fuck okay well well there goes that theory yeah all right well um 
I think it is a satanic cult led by the chief of police. I think that Cheryl was having an affair. Well, I don't know if it's an affair, but I think she was seeing the chief of police. I think the chief of police was over at the house because Cheryl thought the girls were going to be out for the night. Then I thought, I think the girls came home kind of suddenly. Uh, The police, the chief of police was startled, didn't know what to do. He probably knocked out the three girls called um, maybe the three grave robbers for backup, put all the girls in the car, took them to the hospital where the where the structure was eventually built. Oh, right. Buried them there. And then, you know, a few months later, the hospital's parking structures built. Then they're like, dig it up. There's bodies there. Chief of police is like, no, that's stupid. Um, and then. Oh, he's the one who was like, no, that's a dumb idea. That's a dumb idea. Grave Terry. robbers get off clean uh, because the chief of police says that they're fine. Nothing there. Um, and uh, case closed. Case closed. <laughs> case I do closed. think the police had something to do with it. Yeah. Because who else could go to the house mm-hmm. and maybe he knocked on the door and they were like, what's going on? Exactly. And so they would let him in. Right. And then yeah. they would go with him if he's like, I have an emergency. I need you guys to come with me. They'd be like, okay, they would hop in the car. There was no struggle or anything. Right. I also think that Bart had something to do with it. I think probably Bart has a history with the police of getting like arrested or something like that. And then maybe some sort of weird friendship or or understanding was created there. And maybe the cop was like, oh, I kind of have the hots for your mom or your sisters. And then some sort of weird arrangement or something was was created there or or the cop is like i have a weird thing for young girls bart why don't you kidnap girls for me and you can and then i'll kind of give you leeway for whatever weird like a jeffrey epstein gislani maxwell thing yeah oh is it is it pronounced gislani Oh, I don't know. That's how I've been. Is it Jizz Lane? I've been saying Jizz Lane. No, oh, we've been getting a lot of great reviews on iTunes. Yes, thank you so much. Please keep reviewing and uh, subscribing. Uh, yeah, these reviews are so great. Do you want to read one? Yes, I would love to read one. Cool. Uh, one says, great podcast, entertaining, well put together. One says, this podcast has literally changed my life. Ooh, I've only ever gotten hooked on like one other podcast and this stuff is right in my alley. And another review said it feels like hearing creepy stories from some old friends. And that's the most accurate thing I've read. I feel like if my friend said a podcast, it would be very similar to this. We are your friends. This show is your one-stop shop for paranormal conspiracy theories. Sure. Every episode feels like hanging out with old friends. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Keep keep leaving uh, reviews so we can keep feeling good about ourselves um where can you follow us on twitter and instagram we're at web crawlers pod on twitter instagram patreon patreon patreon.com we've been putting up some web crawlers some fun stuff there yeah we're, um, make, we're making some pins soon. making some pins making some art making some videos so uh stay tuned thank you so much for listening keep sleuthing till keep sleuthing. you too thin (laughs) bye bye
all. Powered by ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.